Good morning, Coastal Community Church. I am Susie Hamilton, the student ministry director here at Coastal, and I am so excited to get to share a message with you that God has just been pressing on my heart over the past couple of months. It's this idea of faithfulness, but before we jump into any of that, I am a firm, firm believer in giving honor where honor is due, and TJ and Shayla have been um, the greatest source of encouragement in my life. We have the best pastors in the entire world. They have believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself. I am extremely grateful for, for their investment and their sacrifice. I mean, all of us wouldn't be sitting here today if they didn't leave everything that they had in Bradenton and came here to, to start this church. And so can we make some noise in this place for our pastors, for Pastor TJ and Shayla? Yes, they are absolutely incredible. You know, today is um, New Year's Eve, right? Is anybody just blown away by how fast 2017 went, right? Like it is just already, we are about to be in another year. And you know, with New Year's comes New Year's resolutions, don't they? Does anybody else have any New Year's resolutions? We got any people out there? No, you guys don't even make them anymore. Well, it's cool because what happens is, is that I actually make the same one every year. So obviously I'm doing something wrong. Um, you see, my New Year's resolution every year is that I'm going to be swole. And I, um, hold on, wait, I promised TJ that I would, he's like, you can be you, Susie, but watch your slang words. So um, I'm used to speaking to 18 and under. So what we're going to do is we're going to have some interpreters up to the left-hand side. And if I say a word that you guys don't understand, just look at them and they'll be like, jacked. Swole means jacked, ripped. You can see every muscle in my body. Yes, some people don't like that. That's fine. Keep your opinions to yourself. But I want to be swole. And at the beginning of every year, I start off real strong because we as a church do this thing called a fast. We do a church-wide fast. And, you know, you're eating fruits and veggies and your body's just feeling great. And I'm like, yes, this is going to be my year. But then cookies right? Pies. Coffee. <laughs> Not just black. You got to have all the sugary cream on the inside. Yes. All that stuff creeps back into my life and I'm like, okay, maybe it's not going to be my, I'm okay with it not being my year. No big deal. You know, faithfulness is so much easier said than done. Am I right? I will watch workout videos. Like guys, this is, I have a serious problem. I will watch workout videos all into the night and I will be so dead set. I'm like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning I'm going to go into that gym, and I'm going to crush that workout just like that chick did on that video. You know what happens? I wake up the next morning to my loud and obnoxious alarm. The That was just in case any of you guys were sleeping. I, I have to have that loud and obnoxious. That's the only way I'm going to get out of bed. And the moment that thing goes off, I go, Ugh, snooze. Ain't nobody got time for that. I gotta, I need sleep. I need my beauty rest to be able to make it through my day. And so I totally skipped the gym and I'm like, all right, maybe not this year. But you know, faithfulness is clearly something that I need a message on. So I would just ask that you guys would just sit there nicely and politely as I preach to myself all day today. Because um, that's what's going to happen. You know, we talk about God's faithfulness. We just sang about it. How great is his faithfulness. He's faithful in the hard times. Great is your faithfulness. Yeah. Thank you. Kyle and Josh keep telling me that I'm not allowed to be on the worship team, so I've been getting vocal lessons from TJ, and clearly they're working. And so you know what? I got a mic, and I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing about his faithfulness. Yes. 
You know, but how often is faithfulness something that we strive for? It's not exactly the most sought-after characteristic like kindness or humility or these, these things that we seek after. And society doesn't make faithfulness very easy, does it? You know, we just got through this Christmas season, and there was not one salesperson that wanted me to remain faithful to my budget, right? So I walked in, and I'm looking at phones, and they weren't like, hey, Susie, I think you um, need the iPhone 4 because that fits your budget. No, they were like, you need the iPhone X. And let me tell you why. There is a monkey emoji that can move with your face. You need the iPhone X. And I'm like, but I can't afford it. They're like, don't worry about it. Just put it on a couple of credit cards. By the time that you're done paying off those credit cards in three years, you will have paid $3,000 for a phone that was $1,000. But you had the newest phone for four months until they come out with a new one. That is what the salespeople do, am I right? You know, our need for money and the amount of times that we have to spend at our jobs doesn't exactly help us be faithful to our families. The men and women on Instagram, Lord have mercy, do not want anybody to be able to remain faithful to their spouses. I keep praying that the Lord would send clothes from heaven like he did manna, and maybe some of them would put them on. Yeah, preach, right? Yeah, but it hasn't happened yet, so we're still working on that. You know, but what if in 2018, what if we remain faithful to our New Year's resolutions? What would our bodies look like if we said yes more to the gym and less to sugar? What would our finances look like if we said yes only to the things that we need and no to the things that we don't? What would our relationships look like if we were more intentional with them than other areas of our life? What would 2018 look like? There's a guy in the Bible named Joseph, and a lot of you baby Bible scholars might remember him as Joseph with the coat of many colors. Yeah, it's fantastic. But there is so much more to his story than just that. It ranges from like Genesis 37 through 47, and I totally challenge you to go and to read that. I know that that's like 10 chapters of the Bible, and that's intimidating, but you'll be okay. But his story has so many things that we can pull out, so many truths that we can pull out about faithfulness. You see, Joseph was one of 12 sons. And Joseph had a dream that pretty much implied that his whole family was going to bow down to him at some point. Well, if you're an older sibling, you understand that that pissed off his older brothers. They're like, listen, I don't know who this dude thinks he is, but we're actually going to kill you um, just so that that dream doesn't come true. And then one of the older brothers is like, hey, that dude, bro, that's probably a bad idea. Like, let's just sell him into slavery because that's better. So they sell Joseph into slavery, and here Joseph ends up in Egypt in the house of Potiphar. And that's where we pick up in Genesis 39, 6. It says, so he, Potiphar, left in Joseph's care everything that he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. And the first thing that I want you guys to realize is that faithfulness requires hard work. For this man, for Potiphar to be able to look at a Hebrew slave and be like, man, I want this dude to run my household. There had to have been something about Joseph. He had to have been a hard worker. He had to have had determination. Things had to have been succeeding underneath him or else Potiphar wouldn't put him in that position. Side note, um, I need this person in my life. So what we're going to do is we're going to take up some applications and you can turn them into the information table after service and I'll go through them because I need somebody to where all I have to worry about is the food that I eat. Thank you. Thank you. I want that life. And so here Joseph is running everything. You know, youth ministry has um, 
definitely been fulfilling. But it has also been one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. And that's saying a lot because I used to work at Starbucks. And let me just tell you that some of you guys are really mean when we mess up your coffee. I mean, I get it. It's life supply. I understand. But, like, you would have thought that we flipped your, like, IVs at a hospital or something. Like, because we put six sugars instead of five. Like, you'll be all right. A little extra sugar ain't hurt somebody. But there's been so many times where I've walked into TJ and Shayla's office and I was like, T, Shay, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I mean, if they had a dollar for all the times that I've tried to quit, because clearly it hasn't worked, Parkland's building would be built by now, for real, like debt-free. They should have they charged me a dollar every time I tried to quit. But I would just set up these meetings and I'm like, I don't know what it is. It's these lies that you're not making a difference, these lies that, that you start to believe that you can't accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. And I don't have, I've never been diagnosed with anxiety or anything like that, so hear me out. But sometimes I just feel this unbearable weight that I, it almost paralyzes me to be able to accomplish the things that I feel like God has called me to. And so you sit in these kind of places, and maybe it looks different for you. Maybe it's not youth ministry. But maybe it's a company that you've started, and you make phone call after phone call, and you just feel like it's a dead end after a dead end after a dead end. But you know that that one phone call could change the course of your company's life, of how that company is going to succeed. And so you keep making those phone calls because you know that that's what you have to do. Or maybe you're a mom that's at home, and you wake up every single day ready to quit. You have kids that are needing everything from you. They need your energy. They need your support. They need you to feed them. They need everything. You're running from gymnastics to lacrosse, and it feels like your life is completely revolved around their schedules. But you wake up every morning for them because you know that they need you. I had a student walk up to me recently, and he said, Susie, the reason I've stayed in church is not because of your amazing messages, not because of the advice you've ever given me, not because of your impeccable singing voice, which that would keep me around, just being honest. <laughs> it's great. You guys don't agree? I'm just saying. I have a great voice. He said, the reason I've stayed in church is because you have remained a constant face through all the changes of my life. And if me showing up time after time when I wanted to quit, when I was done, was for that one student, it was worth it all. You know, we live in this world of instant gratification. We want to be able to hit the easy button on everything in life. But faithfulness is a process. Faithfulness is a long, drawn-out, hard process that takes us showing up in the hard times and doing the things that we need to do, whether we like it or not. And that leads me into my next point. But first, I want to jump back into Joseph's story. So Joseph's here, and he's running Potiphar's home. It says that he's well-built and handsome. And when I just picture this, I'm picturing, like, we got The Rock and Channing Tatum. Like, those two together, like, yes, that is well-built and handsome right up there. But I feel like together, they would look something like this. Like, this is what, oh, yes. You know who that is? That is Kyle. That is my fiance that I get to marry in a couple of months. Isn't he just extremely handsome? Yes. 
Sorry, we got to take that down because we ain't going to make it through this message if you don't. <laughs> Lord, love that man. Th well, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. So Potiphar's wife, we're going to call her Lucy, short for Lucifer. Um, that's not her name in the Bible. That is not scripturally correct, but don't judge me. I'm up here. You're not. And so I can say whatever I want. So Lucy gets a little thirsty for Joseph. Thir sorry, thirsty is, is smitten with sexual innuendos. That's like the classier word of saying it. So Lucy gets a little thirsty for Joseph, right? And she says, come to bed with me. Like, there ain't no question mark there. There was a period after that. She said, come to bed with me. She was a very independent, demanding woman. And it says in Genesis 39, 8 through 10, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in this house. Everything that he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed or even be with her. You see, faithfulness requires character. You know, there were a lot of times that Potiphar wasn't home. You know, and Joseph and Lucy could have pulled a quickie real quick. They wouldn't know. But they didn't. He didn't. Why? Because he had character. And character is who you are when nobody's around. You know, I remember when I was um, 14, this purity club thing came to my Christian high school. Do we have any other Christian high school kids out there? Yes? Yeah! Yeah, all the kids that got kicked out of public school and sent to Christian school because Christians got to love everybody. Awesome. So anyways, this purity club comes to my school. And I remember at the age of 14 making the decision that I wanted to remain a virgin until my wedding day. And it was probably the vivid pictures of the STDs that scared me into it. But that's okay. I'm grateful for it because it worked. So as I stand up here and I had this image of being able to just walk down the aisle and give my husband this irreplaceable gift. And that imagery has stuck with me over the last 15 years. And even though I remain a virgin today, there, there were a lot of decisions that I made in the shadows of life that I regretted. There were a lot of things that I swept under the rug because I was like, hey, nobody knew me back then. It's not affecting me anymore. But you know that your past isn't your past if it's still affecting your future. And so I started to realize that I had a lower self-esteem about myself. I had lost that self-worth that was once the inspiration that kept me moving towards that goal. And I started to realize that it was affecting my character because there was this past, there was this side of me that nobody knew about. And I'll never forget this conversation that I had with Shayla. I sat down with her and I, I had just had it. And so I just started telling her everything that I had done, all the decisions that I had made, the stuff that was done in the shadows of life that nobody knew about. And I remember probably getting a little bit too detailed because it just felt like this weight was being lifted off my shoulders. And so I continued to just talk to her about things. You know, they say that confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. But I disagree with that because I think that confession and authenticity is the place where character thrives. And that's where we start to build these healthy relationships. I think that confession brings so much more freedom than anything ever could. 
You know, I didn't walk away from that conversation depressed about the decisions I had made in my past. No, I walked away from that conversation with a renewed sense of self-worth and believing again that I deserved to have somebody that waited for me too, because that was a dream I had lost. It brought me back to the goals that I had initially set for myself with this inspired spirit to go after them again. So who are you when nobody's around? What TV shows are you watching? What websites do you go to? How do you treat your family behind closed doors? How do you treat the guy next to you in the car next to you because you know that they can't see you because your, your tent's so murdered out, right? But more importantly, who do you have to go to? Who do you have to talk to that you can have these life-restoring conversations with that's going to remind you of the goals that you once had for yourself and is going to push you towards them? These conversations that are going to take that weight off that you've been carrying around your entire life because you don't know who to talk to. Who is that person for you? You see, character is built from faithfulness, and faithfulness requires character. They go hand in hand. Lucy, Potiphar's wife, ends up setting Joseph up. She tells Potiphar that it was all Joseph's fault. That Joseph was the one that wanted to sleep with her. So Potiphar, like a husband should, takes that man and throws him in prison. And I feel like this is the part of Joseph's story that we can all relate to. Almost this why is this happening to me moment. But God, I've been faithful. But God, I've been a good person. But God, I've done everything right. Why am I here? Maybe you've been faithful to this company that you started and things just aren't panning out how you dreamt that they would. Maybe you've been faithful to your spouse, but your spouse hasn't been faithful in return and you're asking why. Maybe you've been faithful to your finances, but car bills keep popping up, things keep breaking, and you're like, God, but I'm trying to be faithful. I'm doing this your way. Why am I here? In Genesis 39, 20 through 23, it says, But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. And I don't know who needs to hear this today. But maybe you've been faithful. Maybe you've been doing everything right. But you feel like God has abandoned you. You feel isolated. And you feel like you are in a prison of your own. I'm here to remind you today that just as God was with Joseph in that prison, he is here with you in your circumstances. He is here with you in your mess. He has not left you nor abandoned you. He loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for this season of your life. And if you are still breathing, he's not done with you yet. Don't ever lose sight of that because that is what is going to get you through this season. That is what's going to get you through the hard times. God is not done with you. It continues on. It says, he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. 
The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. You know, faithfulness requires a lot of us. It requires hard work. It requires character. But faithfulness brings blessing. You see, while Joseph was over Potiphar's house, everything succeeded because of his faithfulness to God. When Joseph was in prison, everything under his care was taken care of because of his faithfulness to God. Joseph goes on to rule over all of Egypt, saves them from a famine, and saves his family because of his faithfulness to God. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, So let us not get tired of doing what is good, because at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. There was this man named Koda, who was an architect in Japan. And Koda was known for his work. I mean, you could see the difference between the homes that were built by other architects and then the homes that were built by Koda just almost had his, his fingerprint on it because of the attention to detail that he used to do. It had been 30 years of building homes, and Koda was like, all right, I'm done. I'm ready to retire. It's time for me to travel and spend time with my family. And so Koda walks into his boss's office. He's like, hey, I just want to thank you for this opportunity, but here's my two weeks. And his boss says, Koda, um, I want to give that to you, but I just have one request. We have this extremely important and special client, and we all agree that it, this house needs your touch. So Koda's like, man, if I do this, I'm going to have to cancel two of my vacations that I've already planned. I've already, like, told my family we're going to spend more. Okay, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so Koda agrees with his mouth, but he doesn't agree with his heart. And as he's building this home, he's letting details slip through the cracks. And he's not as hands-on as he used to be. He's delegating a lot of the work. He's like, guys, just get it done. I want to get out of here. He was ready for his next season of life. And so he built anything less than average. The house was just up to code. And so he walks into his boss's office four months later. He's like, hey, the house is done. Can I have your blessing of retirement? And his boss goes, one more thing. And Koda's like, all right, no. If he asked me to build one more house, like I already told him, no. And his boss walks back and he grabs this little box out of his desk. And he unties the red ribbon and he opens up the box. And out of the box, he pulls a set of keys. And he said, Coda, that house that you just built, we want to thank you for everything that you've done. That house is yours. And in that moment, Coda's heart sank. He's like, I just totally just got that house done because I was ready for the next season of life. He's like, had I known that that was going to be my home, I would have put the best materials in it. I would have nitpicked every single detail of that home. But he didn't. And now it was too late. see, we're all building our own home. It might feel like your life is for everybody around you. It might feel like it's for your family, for your friends, for your job, for everybody else but you. But we are all building our own home. 
And there's a harvest on the other side of our hard work if we don't get tired. But our hard work has the power to determine what that harvest is going to look like. You know, I think that the key to faithfulness is not giving up. So let us not grow tired of being financially responsible because at the right time, we will reap a harvest of paying off some debt and being able to be generous with our finances. So let us not grow tired of being intentional with the relationships that God has placed before us because at the right time, we might receive a harvest of healthy relationships that we can lean on when things get tough if we do not give up. So let us not grow tired of becoming the best person that we can be and following the example that Jesus set before us so that at the right time, God might bring along that person that you've been looking for your entire life if you don't give up. And if we do not grow tired of going to the gym, we might have jacked arms in Jesus' name if we do not give up. That one's for me. (laughs) So you don't feel worthy? Welcome to the club. Just don't give up. You don't feel like you have it all figured out? Neither do we. Just don't give up. You feel like you have made too many mistakes in this life that is a lie from the pit of hell. Just don't give up. Maybe 2017 didn't look how you wanted it to. There were some twists and turns along the way. There was relationships lost. There was things that you dealt with that you never thought that you'd have to deal with. And you want 2018 to look different. I'm here to tell you today that today you can make that decision. Today you can make a change. You don't have to wait until tomorrow. Will you close your eyes for a second? I think that there's two different people, types of people in here that need something going into 2018. And I think that this first group is those of you that know that you need a relationship with God. You hear about this God that wants a relationship with you, but you've been running from it because of what you think it looks like. It says that when we choose God, that we are given a brand new life. And I think that for some of us in here, that brand new life, that relationship with Jesus is the very thing that we need to make 2018 look different. And if that's you in this place, would you raise your hand so that Josh can pray for you specifically? I see you. I see you. Yes. The other group of people, I think, have just grown weary. You've grown weary in parenting. You've grown weary in your marriage. You've grown weary in your friendships. You've grown weary at your job. You've grown weary in your relationship with God. You've grown weary in an area of life that God has not done with you yet. And I want Josh to be able to pray renewed strength over you in this season so that going into 2018 you can be faithful with what God has placed before you in a season whether you like that season or not and if that's you today would you raise your hand see you renewed strength Josh can you pray for those people I want to pray